All right, guys, welcome to Stitch This with Corey Bradford, a podcast from Lost Debate, all about TikTok and the most interesting creators on there. I'm Corey Bradford, also known as at This Is Corey. And my fans on TikTok are always asking me over and over again, Corey, what do you do for a living? Surely it can't just be this. And so the answer to that question is I'm actually a journalist. I co-host a separate podcast from this one called The Lost Debate, but I'm like a new media hybrid journalist. I have a ton of respect for the real deal journalists who have to go on TV every day and discuss everything under the sun. And the relationship between TikTok and journalism is getting really complicated these days. And we're going to talk a little bit about that with my guest today. He is a full-time news anchor with KPRC Channel 2 in Houston. In Texas. With more than 20% of teens in the Houston area not getting the recommended amount of exercise, this summer Planet Fitness wants to help high school students stay active. But he moonlights as one of the most popular news anchors on TikTok with a following of more than 1 million fans there. And guys, he has some of the funniest videos on this platform. And it's crazy because he has such a serious day job. So I have so many questions for him. Welcome to the show, Owen Conflinty. Thank you so much for joining us. Owen, how's your day going? It's going great. Corey, it's a Friday, uh, and that's fantastic. I work in TV, and a lot of people work weekends, so I don't run around the office bragging about that fact because, uh, you know, it's not lost on me. I started my, my job and my career in weekends years ago, so... But uh, no, it's a great day and I'm glad to be with you, man. I really enjoy your content. Full disclosure, I've obviously been following you for quite a while. And uh, I don't know what it was, man. You hit me right away and I hit that follow button. Yeah, I, I recognize that. Yeah, you were one of my first followers that had the blue check mark. And like when I saw it, I was like, wow, maybe I'm doing something right. <laughs> and that was like a while ago. That was like 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. so I was like back, yeah. that was a couple of years ago. So yeah, we've been following each other for a while and I, I love your content. I'm so glad you decided to talk to me. So let's just get a little bit of background on you, Owen. Like how did you get started as an, in news and in journalism? I mean, it really was quite by accident. I started my life thinking I wanted to be on radio and I had a lot of experience in radio growing up in various places from uh, interning in a, at a college radio station when I was in high school to working in college radio and doing some voiceovers. And uh, throughout that process, I went to Emerson College where I graduated, Emerson College in Boston. And through that process, I found television, which was something that was really foreign to me. I mean, yeah, we had a video camera for a little while in the house, maybe, maybe <laughs> when I was older, but uh, that wasn't yeah. something. We didn't have family movies. Uh, you know, I didn't even understand exposure. I couldn't tell you the difference between a film, video, <laughs> and anything else. But I was really yeah. good at audio at the time. Uh, and it was really that experience at Emerson College, actually, that introduced me to video. It was analog, I think, at that point. But uh, either way, yeah. Yeah. here we are. That's how I accidentally found TV and through that broadcast journalism was a field of study, particularly doing television journalism. And how long have you been in journalism? Well, I mean, I've been on the show that I'm on now for 17 years, every morning. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And before that, you had another show before that? Well, I did. I um, I worked in, in television. I worked in one market before Houston, which was Greenville, okay. North Carolina, a small town in eastern oh. North Carolina. Great folks. I had a great time. I learned a lot about how to make television. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. I was there about three years. I made some great friends that I still, you know, talk to to, the, to this day. Uh, but then yeah. I got a great opportunity in Houston and I jumped on and it was a big city and, and I was so yeah. happy to try something new in my career. And they put me on the morning show and it just sort of stuck. Yeah, I'm sure. How early do you have to get up for, for your four morning show? Well, it's varying over the years, but usually it's right around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty early. Well, well, that's awesome. Where are you from originally? I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
Uh, lived there for a couple of years. My folks got divorced. Uh, my mom and I moved. She's from Jersey, so we moved to North Jersey. Went into New York City, where I spent a lot of my childhood, a bulk of it, through middle school. Uh, then we bounced around a little more. Uh, my mom got remarried. So, you know, I'm fortunate enough, I had two dads growing up, a biological dad from Pittsburgh who I kept in touch with, and a stepfather who was really awesome to me. And uh, so we bounced around a little bit. We lived in uh, Long Island, New York. We lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I moved back to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm, you know, all over. You're all over, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how does a, a, a morning news anchor get into this crazy app called TikTok? What drove you to get into that, this app? For me, it was totally my kids. I try to be just nosy enough if that makes sense to the parents out there and maybe even some of the, the younger listeners. But anyway, um, they, 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 were, they were on this app all the time. And I jumped right on it to say, what are you guys watching? What are you doing? And actually my daughter, who's really creative, had done a little short animation of some kind. I don't even remember what it was, but she had done something with animation and a sound and something just clicked. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. You, there's a platform where you can combine visuals and, and the music and there's, you know, so many other things, like anything you would touch, the copyright protection would take it right. Like anything yeah. creative you ever wanted to do, they would just delete it. And then, and then you start looking around, you're like, well, wait, how come this dude can post this and I can't? <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. I digress. Point being, TikTok seemed like, for whatever reason, it opened so many creative doors. And since I got into news by accident, I mean, I like news. I'm not the world's biggest news junkie. I mean, I still like sports, entertainment, and, you know, I'm a little wacky, I think, myself. So it was perfect, man. For somebody like me, I like to I like to create music. I like to shoot films and videos. And, and, man, it was perfect. It is perfect. You have the perfect personality for TikTok. And do you think that being in morning news, because from my experience, I was kind of a news junkie growing up. I used to watch it a lot as a kid. And so I, there was, like, a stark difference between morning news and, then like, midday and then, like, in the prime time, it's, like, a totally different Day. So do you feel like, you know, having to have that more bubbly personality, having to be a little bit more funnier in the mornings, do you feel like that lends itself to TikTok? I want to agree with you. And then I think, do I know any other TikTok news folks at night who have sort of found a groove? And I think to your point, it's a lot more difficult when yeah. still to this day, a primetime newscast is so short. It's still very heavy a lot of times. You know, and yeah, in the mornings it is. It's chill. It's relaxed. We're supposed to. Look, if you wake up, and you see that I'm smiling and I'm having a good time, then you can probably kind of relax and go about your day as normal. If you wake up and you're like, hey, man, the, the news guy's pretty serious today. His, <laughs> his tone, you know, <laughs> there's something about him. Maybe I need to just tune in a little extra. Today. That's an interesting observation because I didn't think about that. Like if I woke up and I saw a news guy that was just being super serious and just like kind of like, I, I'd be scared. I'd be like, what's about to happen today? <laughs> and so that is, it's, it's cool that you, you explain it like that. You guys put people at ease so that they can get a good start to their day. So that's, that's really wonderful, actually. That's a really cool way to look at it. So with TikTok, 2019 is that around the time you started yeah maybe maybe the fall of 2018 oh really so you've been on there for, for a while i was there pretty soon after uh what was it musically it was musically yeah, yeah. changed over yeah that was one of the first news people i think that sort of got on the radar behind the scenes where people got to see the studio and they got to yeah. see the control room and they're like well here's a guy who's kind of supposed to be reading the prompter and this and this but he's kind of goofing around a little and maybe even every now and then doing a, a silly trend. And at first it was to embarrass my kids and then it started getting <laughs> views and it's like, I found myself like producing 
you know, I'm storyboarding a 15 second TikTok because I got some idea. It's like, yeah, it's contagious. I don't know. It's super contagious. Like I, I started on there kind of accidentally myself. I was doing like stand up at the time and I was like, well, I can just do skits on this little app. You know, I you know, had discovered it through my brother. Actually, I discovered it through him who's actually older than me. And he was like on there saying there's funny videos on here. So I'm like, OK, started doing a few funny videos. And actually, it's interesting. One of my first videos before I really got into my history stuff, because at first I was just trying whatever. One of my first videos that got like it got like a half a million views was I did a skit it was that I don't know if you remember there was this trend where you would like you would stand in a place and then you would run off screen and then you would be in this other part of the screen and then do a little dance I don't know if you remember that one it's like uh and uh so. yeah everybody was doing that trend and so what I actually had did was I set my camera up in front of uh, a TV and the news was playing on the TV and I ran off camera and there was a weather guy on the news and then when he goes off screen, you just see me walk on screen like I'm actually on the news and I do the little dance on the news. I get the same outfit and everything. So people, it looks like I just ran on television somehow. And um, I just used a green screen to do that, but it got like really popular. And it gets me to this question about you. You do a lot of really creative stuff where you incorporate your news studio in your TikToks. And sometimes when you're doing it, I almost have that question just like, did he actually do that during a live broadcast and just like and just like plan to do a, a TikTok later, or is he is the studio just let him do that? So like, uh, is, do you have you ever done something during a live broadcast that you actually incorporated into a TikTok later? Yes, both. I, so I've done some things where like the producing ahead because you know these things take time. They don't just sometimes they happen, but not always. Sometimes it's an easy trend. You can just do something, but like you you said, your first sometimes you need a green screen. You know, and all of this. So there was one with our, our former uh, meteorologist, Britta Merwin, one of my dear friends who moved to the new Fox Weather Channel in New York last summer. But we did one where she would always have this single shot of her in the newsroom and the weather center behind her. And it was always coming back from a commercial break. So whenever there was a, a day where there wasn't any serious, severe weather and I was coming back from a bathroom break and she was going to the commercial break. I would get on a chair and I would roll through the background of the shot. You know, or just I'd roll backwards. Yeah, I would, I would do something different. And then I sort of compiled them all together. And then I had a sound in my head. So like, you know, so basically over, geez, it probably took a month. So that's an example of one. And now sometimes I'll take clips and then I'll use the, the air check and I'll put it on there. If I find something that correlates, that doesn't do as well. The things that do really well are the ones where I've, I'm using the television and what I do and sort of making it appear as if maybe I'm interacting with myself in the TV. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say your, your biggest video was the Who Are You? That's the one. That got me probably pretty close to a million, if not a million. Would you say that that was your first viral video? I think so, yeah. I don't even know if 20 million is even a good number anymore, honestly. Like, I see things hitting like 50, 60, 80, and I'm like, geez, my 20 wouldn't have been. If it's, if it's like a non celebrity and they're hitting those numbers, I'm like, I don't know how you guys did that. Like, that's insane. But 20 million is a lot for one video. I, I feel like that's still a lot. And I remember that. I think that was probably the first video that I saw of you that I was like, well, who's this guy? And you, you popped up on my For You page. Um, that was a really good one. And that was one where you were where you interacting. But another one was the, the, the you did the slap challenge where you where you threw the, uh, the, the, the napkin at the TV. And like you just, it really did look like that was 
uh, like a news, uh, uh, actual live broadcast. Like you do a great job at, tr- at tricking us because I, I, sometimes I just don't know. I'm like, did he really do that on the news? Like, <laughs> like it's so much fun. It's so much fun trying to determine. Like I'm not sure. That <laughs> takes. I'll tell you, that takes some choreography. Oh no, I I, I bet you t- it took a lot of time to do that one. Bunch of takes, and I kept looking up, waiting for one of the engineers to come over. The- you know, from upstairs and go like, hey, what are you doing down there? You're going to break my heart. <laughs> that actually leads me to another interesting question. You you incorporate your your news station so much in your TikToks. Uh, how do they feel about that? Are they, are they are they like cool with that? Was that ever a point of contention with them? You know, not really. I mean, um, everybody's got their opinions, I guess, of social media and which, I mean, yeah. they're all so different. And for a while, it was like, well, don't be on them. And then it's like, be on all of them. And then it's like, well, we don't really <laughs> care which ones you're on. And, and you know, I think, I think classic television newsrooms around the country who've always made their, their money by creating television are all trying to figure out how do we continue to serve our community? Because that's really the first thing about what we do. Yes, we create content, but, but if we're not helping our neighbors down the street, we're not doing our number one job. So let's just assume Absolutely. that all stations want to do that number one job. Once you get beneath the surface, now you got to make money to stay relevant, to stay employed. And all these newsrooms around the country, I think, are going to be fighting it out for a certain segment of the population that still is able, that wants to engage, that needs that help, that wants that reassurance, that wants that relationship. And yet, still sits and watches television. And local news, like you said, that serves a really strong purpose. I mean, you you really can't get that from, from a national brand. Like, what's going on in your local community? What's going on with your weather? I mean, you can get pieces of that from national news, but you really can't get that that inside. And I actually used to work in radio myself, so I, I understand that relationship that you have to have with the community in, in order to really uh, build that. Uh, one thing I always ask a person like you, because you're, you work a pretty a fairly serious day job. I mean, you work in morning news, so there's you get to have fun with it. But it's still, like you said, it's a very journalism is very serious thing for, for you to connect with communities, things like that. I always ask people like, what do how do people react when when they when they find out that you're on TikTok? Like, do you ever get any reactions where people are like, you're you're a grown man? What are you what are, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I get it, I get it a lot. So so I'm just curious about That's that. Funny, I think in the early days, I got even even within the newsroom, you know, I got a lot yeah. of people. It's like, what are you doing? That's a kids app. And I said, and I remember all the time, I said, you say that. I said, but these things tend to change. And, uh, you know, of course, you could point at that point, four years ago, you could have pointed to Snapchat. You could have pointed to maybe Instagram. I don't know if that was all photos. I don't know how youthful. Uh, Definitely Snapchat. I don't know what other examples I, I could have come up with. But I said, you just wait because these things tend to grow into something else. And then little by little, you'd hear a change in tone. And, oh. Oh, my daughter, somebody said, oh, my daughter saw something on TikTok. Oh, okay, I see. Oh, there was some, oh, my daughter says just for kids. And then two weeks later, oh, my daughter's on TikTok. You know, it's, so people change. As you know, it changes fast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It reminds me back in the day when like Facebook, like I I had a Facebook, fairly early on like just a few years after everybody could get one and i remember everybody was just like you know oh that's just a fad that's not gonna last and everything like that and uh a lot of older people would say that to me and then like about three years later my dad's on facebook and and uh, you know like and now i have older family members on facebook and now yeah, exactly exactly now it's just like and now all, all the young people left because of because of the, you know uh and, and twitter was, was was similar and so and i think tiktok has followed the same pattern it just started off as this thing where people said well this is just for kids and now it's like well wait a minute and i think every Comp like major companies are really trying to figure out a way 
to use TikTok to to build their brand. I think I think it was that wasn't the case even three or four years ago. But like in the last, especially since like the pandemic, I think people have really seen you can get a lot of exposure fairly quickly on this app. And I think that that's really going towards that. Has your news station? I mean, obviously you give them a lot of great advertisement, but has your news station ever come to you and said, you know, oh, and we 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 need to be doing more on TikTok, or or is it just kind of a thing that you've been doing on your own and they're just okay with it? So. The most recent conversation that I had was we're heading in that direction with the newsroom and trying to figure out how can we create TikTok content uh, specifically for the newsroom. So that's a conversation they're having, but they haven't quite taken that next step yet. So maybe, <laughs> hey, maybe there's a maybe there's a job opening for somebody out there who likes making TikToks. It's interesting because you, you you mentioned such a good point. I feel like there's all these news stations, whether it's local, whether it's national, whether it's the, the online media, they're all trying to figure TikTok out and they and none of them can seem to quite do it. Like, I mean, even like I, I work for a, a nonprofit media company called Lost Debate. Uh, I do a podcast for them. We do a lot of different like, you know, cutting through partisanship type thing where we want to be more objective when it comes to like political news and things like that. And uh, I also help run their TikTok page. And, and there's, there's so many conversations where we're like, like, how do we do this? And like, and, and it's actually interesting. I'm actually only at this job because of TikTok. Like my producer, she was, they were trying to find someone who had, you know, was in touch with that, that younger generation and could do this kind of thing for them. And they just found me on TikTok and they're like, well, do you want to move to New York and, and do this job? And I said, oh uh, yeah, sure. I, I'll do that. <laughs> and so that, and that's like the only reason I'm here is through TikTok. And so I think every news company in some way, shape, form or fashion, they're trying to figure out how to do TikTok to like both be informative, give the news, but also fit the trends. And 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 I will say one thing you are really just excellent at is you're so good at trends. You are so good at taking a trend and doing it in your own way and it still matches the trend but it still gives you your own flair to it. I mean, how do you stay so 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 current and so relevant with that sort of thing? Oh, I, I you know, I don't, I'll be honest like my kids <laughs> definitely still give me ideas. And even my <laughs> wife, will, you know, she's pretty good at TikTok and you know, they'll they they consume a lot more than I get to these days. So they'll they'll send me sounds and things and Sometimes ideas and sometimes, you know, you just figure it out. I like I like creating stuff. I've always, um, you know, doing radio years ago, I, I, I dabbled in just having fun with parodies and voiceover. And things. So my brain just kind of works that way, I guess. It's just such a fun and creative outlet. I'm, I'm the same way. You know, I went to film school back in the day. And so my whole my whole goal was to figure out, like, how can I do something with that, that knowledge of being able to, like, create videos and editing and different things like that. And so, yeah, TikTok just creates that perfect outlet. Uh, so a little bit about like the technical side, like uh, how I'm curious, how long does it take you to do a TikTok? Like, how, and, and how do you balance that with your work life, which I'm sure is, is pretty, pretty hectic? You know, I'll tell you, it's, it's uh, we started a 7 a.m. streaming show. So we used to be 4.30 to 7. Now we're 4.30 to 8. Oh, wow. And it's amazing how that extra hour has cut into just some of my, I call it TikTok fun. In my opinion, I guess it's sort of like marketing and it's my creative outlet. So it's definitely cut into it quite a bit. But hey, as, as you know, because a trend could be a quick one where it's like a one take, you jump in front of the camera to something that could take, multiple days where I have to shoot a little bit in pieces. Um, but on average, I mean, I'd say like you know, an hour or two probably to make something decent where it, you know, required a little bit of editing and a little bit of forethought or, you know, I got to get the angle just right. You know, details are important when you're dealing with 
a quick 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed your, your, your videos. Cause I, I mean, I, we have very different styles, but I love your videos because you, you do like the short, this is going to be 20 seconds and it's going to be awesome. And, and, and you do have to do like those multiple takes and to get the angle, right. Especially when you're incorporating, um, the, the, you know, your, your studio and, and you being on air and everything like that. Another one that I saw that I, I really liked of yours, I think it's another one of your more viral ones, uh, was the, it wasn't me. Like when you were, you were, it's like you were on a newscast and the, the, those, the, the criminal drawing of the, uh, the police sketch and it looked just like you and you were just like uh, wait uh <laughs> that was that was a that was a fun one that was a fun one do you do you like to do the ones where it's like you're actually like talking like a real newscast and and incorporating that into tiktok that's funny i um i rarely and i'll probably get yelled at for not doing this i, I never watch air checks i don't know what i look like or what i sound like and i actually i don't particularly like it. So I try to avoid speaking whenever possible. I'd rather lip sync or just overact it rather than have to go back and listen to my own voice. But, you know, whatever. You do whatever it takes to. Yeah, right. You have a great, like, you have that radio voice, that TV voice. Like, I could just see you on the commercials that, that you, you really do have that that rich tone. I can definitely hear it. I can definitely hear it. Uh, but I'm the same way when it comes to, like, listening to stuff I've done. Like, my, my podcast, I, I, we do such a really interesting podcast, and I always want to listen to it. But then, like, whenever my voice comes up on the podcast, I'm like, oh, this guy. Like, I don't even, I think it's just, like, a thing. It's just, like, with I think it's, like, a human nature thing. It's, like, it's kind of weird to watch yourself or see. It's, like, I don't even watch a lot of my TikTok. Once they're done, like, they're, like people will ask me, like, how did you do this in the TikTok? I'm like, I gotta, uh, I gotta go back and watch it and see. Like, I don't really remember. <laughs> and uh, I tend to do on the longer ones. And and, and that's another thing too. I, I just I always ask people about this. Like, you you tend to do shorter TikToks. So like, there's this thing with TikTok now. They're gonna try to do like 10 minutes, which I think is ridiculous. Like, uh, <laughs> would you would you ever even consider doing anything that long? I, I don't think it would really fit your style. Your style is a little bit more on the shorter end. Mm, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I, I can't imagine watching something like this for 10 minutes because i think the whole thing is to kind of keep it moving so exactly. if, it's, if it's a three minute now which is the max i'll stop and go okay because i'm also on i guess because i'm an old guy like home improvement tiktok or whatever so well some of these guys that i follow that are super creative and it's like ooh, i want to watch this let me save it or favorite it or just kind of skip to see what and then i'll come back later exactly they don't make it easy to navigate they don't make it easy to like save a playlist to me at least yeah that's my thing like sometimes i'll see a super long one that i don't really have the time for but i want to see it so i'll just like it because then i can just go back to my like list and be like okay and then rewatch it later tonight whenever i have some time how frequently do you post a tiktok honestly it's been maybe once a week now if i'm lucky we have so many other things going on in television news yeah, yeah. as much <laughs> as i love making tiktoks uh, i know the value may not be there for the powers that be People are always asking me, you know, well, to, to maintain an audience, you've got to be posting, you know, three, four times a week. Or some people even think you got to be posting three, four times a day. And I tell people, look, it's really about the quality of your content because you you just, you know, pointed out you're only doing once a week and you still have a million followers. You're still being able to maintain that following. Uh, with me, I will go through periods where if I'm really busy, I, I'll go through periods where I post once maybe every two weeks. And, and, and yeah, and I've still able to to maintain that following because i've, I've kind of gone towards this quality over quantity 
sort of method where it's like if I do a really cool history thing, it's three minutes, it's kind of long, I could put that out. And usually if it does really well, it'll boost my following by a good bit for like a little week period. And for that week period, I don't have to put out anything else. And so that's kind of the formula that I've seen with it. And I, and I think that you you're, you seem to kind of have a similar where you're just you're focusing more on that quality of it rather than the, the quantity of it. And, and I, I always tell people that's a, a really good strategy because they're putting out everything, you know, four times a day like that's only one or two of those things is really going to pop off. And so that's true. And I, I would I would interject only to say that I think it depends on a little bit the person and their audience and, and the kind of content, because goodness, to create what you create, I look at just the research, making sure you're double downing on, you know, doubling down on your information and then creating your characters and your dialogue and your script. I mean, that that is not easy work. You no, know, so you couldn't not. do that four times a day and no still sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, not work and sleep and, and spend time with family. Now, it's, it would be very, very difficult. I think the long form content, when it's done well, and you're proof of this, you can capture an audience and you can keep them. But man, you better own that niche. You better know that. You better love it. Oh man, you better you better love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I, I wake up with panic attacks sometimes, thinking like, how am I gonna top that one, or how am I gonna do like? And luckily, history. There's so much there, and and eventually, I want to start doing more about like other uh, countries and other cultures. Like, for, there was a period where I was doing a lot about South America. Like, I was doing different stuff like about like, Guatemala and Brazil, and people were loving it because they're like, well, fi- now you're jumping outside of just the U.S. history and things like that. And so I, I definitely want to get into that. And once you get into that, I mean, it's, it's almost unlimited, the amount of stuff you can you can do with that. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about like the response, like uh, your audience. H- how would you describe your audience on TikTok? Is it just kind of a random audience? Is it, is it, does it skew younger? Like wh- how, how would you describe your audience? I mean, it definitely started younger because the platform was where it was at the time and the audience was like the demos just were like it was probably mostly I don't know, teenagers and, and younger, Teenagers, yeah. And then it, 20s, yeah. But now I see viewers that I'll see the same username from Twitter or Facebook that's now on TikTok and they're commenting. And what I also find is sometimes when I repost back to a, an Instagram or somewhere else that that really doesn't turn people off and they're not like, oh, enough already. It's like, oh yeah, that was funny. I can spare 15 seconds because I'm here and I'll actually give it another like just for the heck of it. Your content's very like repeatable in the fact that like I could go back to it and watch it again because because once one is short and two is so memorable like the things that you do. So like I, I think it was yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a smart idea to like just you know put it on other like Instagram and things like that because people will definitely like check it and like it again even if they saw it because it's just it has that fun nature to it for sure. Um, so what are what are some things I always try to ask people who've been on that and you've been on that for a while. Uh, you've seen this app change a, a, a good bit. Is it, is it changing for the better? Changing for the worse? Like how how would you describe, because you were on TikTok before it was really popular to be on there, honestly, and now it's the number one app and like most downloaded app like about two, three years in a row now. So like, how would you describe some of the changes that you've seen on the app? Like any other platform, I guess it, it tends to get cluttered, but I think, and I don't, I, I guess I wouldn't know because I don't know what I'm missing, but I think the algorithm's done a pretty good job of on my For You page, hitting me with the content that it thinks I'm going to like, and it's usually pretty close. And I maybe am too generous with likes. Like my wife and I will both be scrolling and she'll move past a lot of things. And I like things that, you know, I like, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm too quick on the, on the button. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, 
know. I don't know. I've been on there about a year less than you, but still, even in the time that I've been on there, I've noticed, I've noticed it changing a little bit. I've noticed it getting, like you said, a little, a little cluttered. Uh, I definitely noticed that back in the day, it used to be just kind of sharp. Like everything you hit was just like this, this, this. And now I'll get stuff on my for you page. I'm like, well, this is okay, but it's like, eh. you know. And, and so, and like, of course, the ads, the ads have grown. Ah, uh, yeah. And they're not all terrible, yeah. you know. I think in the beginning it was more fun because I'd see a post and you'd go, oh. Well, I see, okay, it was like Chipotle or whoever trying to make a trend. And you'd see some of the faces that you knew on TikTok. And it's like, oh, this is kind of a fun. And then it's like, all right, well, now we're like at full-on commercials. So Yeah, yeah. I, I like it if I see somebody that I like or that I'm a fan of and they're doing, you know, their little brand deal or something and they're making it fun. You know, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then you'll see like the actual like straight up commercials on there. And I'm just like, ah, okay, we're doing that now. But, it's, but you know, they got to make money somehow. So I totally understand it. I totally get it. Uh, what are some things that you would change about TikTok if you, if you had your way? Because I, I talk to a lot of creators and there's things about the algorithm, things about the For You page, like for, for their own content. So what are some things that maybe that kind of annoy you about the app that you would possibly change if you if you had the, the ability to? I think for me, the the one thing that really sticks out, because I, I could probably go in and just start nitpicking if I really thought hard enough about it. But but I think the one thing is you've got this for you page and then you've got who you're following. And I don't feel like they're I, I guess I, I don't know enough about programming. So so maybe maybe I don't get how this would work, but if they could somehow be more blended together in a way. You know, and, I, and they all sort of try, like, here's another example. Like you go to Twitter and it's like, okay, well, here are the people you follow, but here are things that the people you followed like, so maybe you'll like, and, they, and so they're pushing it that way. And for TikTok, it's like, no, no, we're going to tell you what we think you like, and here are the people you actually physically click to support, and we're not going to yeah. confuse those two. So I, I don't really know how it would develop, but I always feel like I have to force myself to slide over just to make sure that I'm supporting those people that I support. You hit the nail on the head, man. And I've heard uh, of several creators saying this because I'm the same way. Like, for instance, your videos, like they used to be all over my For You page. And I, I, I remember I was just one day, I was like, I haven't seen I haven't seen that news anchor. I haven't seen his, his videos in a while. So I had to go physically too. And I thought maybe you weren't posting as much, but you were posting just as much as you as you had been. And so uh and people there will be I get this all the time in the comment section. People will be like, Man, I follow you, but I haven't seen your video in like six months. I haven't seen anything from you. So I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, man, I I've been here, you know? And so I I one hundred percent agree. There needs to be a better combination of the following and the for you page. Because there's people that I, I follow a person for a reason, you know, and there'll be a times where I'm just on that for you I, but, I, but i think most people on tiktok they're on that for you page more than the following and so i'll be on that for you page and i just i won't see some somebody that i really like and, and for months and i'm just like what, what happened to that person and then i'll go to their page like oh they, they're still doing stuff and so i i definitely think that's 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 a, that's a big one do you ever have to deal with your content's pretty pretty visual so you probably don't have to deal with this as much but you ever have to deal with like videos getting taken down Ban, temporary bands is that i feel like that's something you haven't really dealt with a lot but no, I, i'll tell you the only times maybe it's once or twice golly I, I i couldn't it was like one time it had to do with there was something happening in the video that might have been dangerous and i had to appeal and then they finally released it but it was like at that point the moment was gone and didn't get any yeah. views anyway yeah i was like what the hell with it but no i don't i don't deal with that a lot but i hear people that have had awful times with that where it's i don't know what it is in the system if it's picking up 
uh, something in the closed captioning. I don't know. Yeah, there's this weird AI that if you just do certain words and certain things you say, and I, I deal with historical content, so I have to be so careful because it's just like just a word that's in there and it could, the AI will pick it up and it's like, nope, we're not going to let this happen. I think it, I think people who do more of like uh, anything like a social kind of content or political kind of content, I think they deal with them. I don't do political as much. I, I mostly try to stay with the history and try to keep it non-political. But obviously, you inevitably get into that kind of stuff when you're talking about history. Uh, but I think people who do that, they deal with it a little bit more. But but yeah, I, I, when I look at your content, I'm like, but but I can see like the challenges things. Like, I mean, what are they going to say? Are, is somebody going to try to throw a napkin at a TV screen and like break? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't. But, you know, they, they're they're getting weird about that kind of thing. So I always try to ask people. So um, so you have a pretty good job. I'm sure you make a pretty, pretty decent living. But I always like to ask creators uh, if and and and. I guess with you, would you even want to do this? Is there any way that you've been able to monetize what you've done on TikTok? I have not, uh, just for obvious reasons with journalism, if you know. Uh, and for those that don't, you would never want to confuse, uh, you know, being trying your hardest to be unbiased about the entire world while yet taking a paycheck. Now, with that said, I get a paycheck from a company that sells advertising. With that said, we don't play that game. If, if Just because you advertise doesn't mean you get a free pass. If you're in trouble, you're in trouble, and we're going to report on whatever we're going to report. And if you want to pull your ads, and that's just fine, you go right ahead, and we'll find someone else to buy the commercial time. So that's all true. But no, personally, I do it just for fun. It's a great creative outlet. My kids love it. Um, it's just fun. So, But hey, you never know. Maybe someday in the future... Uh, who knows what happens to this big media business that I'm working in and, uh, you know, whatever, but uh, not right now. But I love that. I love the I love the creators who just do it for the sake of creating. Like me, me personally, I'm not in the creator fund. I mean, I, I every once in a while, I'll get a brand that wants me to do work with them. I turn most of them down because most of them are just not interesting to me. And and I also work in journalism too. So now there's that sort of I don't want any conflict of interest and stuff. So if it's a really if it's a really good idea and I clear it with my bosses, they're, they're fine with it. But I try to, I try to stay away from that too myself. I think when you when you're doing it for the love of the create the creative parts of it, that really shines through to to your audience and it, and I think I think you you do better like that cuz I mean people can tell when you're just there to try to make to try to make money to try to make a living out of it, which is which is fine if you want to do that but people can tell the difference between someone who's genuine and I think the 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 creators that you know and I don't I don't know this but I I would imagine they have it pretty good the ones that can combine what they love in other words like I I follow um, a carpenter who's really amazing and if and if he can get sponsored by whatever tool company to help him do his job and create his content and teach. I mean, isn't that like the holy grail of work? <laughs> I always like to end this off with, with two questions. What do you want people to get the most out of your TikTok page? And what do you personally want to get the most out of being on TikTok? I want them to just be entertained because I am, I never say never, but most likely never going to be the, the single source of news for the whole world uh, on TikTok. Um, and, and I don't want to try to be, you know, I like the creative energy. I want people to laugh. I want them to smile. I want them to actually, ironically, not think about the news. And for me, I guess it's the exact same. I want to not think about the news and I want to 
do something fun and do something creative. You have so much fun with it. It's 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 we can tell you're having fun. It's, you're so genuine with it and you do like like I said you do a really great job at just finding these new ways to entertain people on there and like I said I'm I'm a huge fan of your work. Keep it up. Uh, I really just can't wait to see uh, what more you do with it. Thank your kids for for getting you on there and and keeping you on there because uh, that was that was a good move. That was a great move. Uh, Owen, do you want to give everybody your your handles and everything real quick so they can know where to follow you? Sure. Um, it's at Conflenti, my last name, C-O-N-F like Frank, L-E-N-T-I. I appreciate the follow. And uh, Corey, I, I, love, I love your content. I, I tell you what, the one thing about news and, I, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world and I've had to do a lot of learning along the way. Every time there's a new story, there's something new to learn in history. And history always plays a part in all of it. I think that's why I was drawn to your content so much. And I just want to tell you, thank you for sharing that part of you with us. And thanks for having me on the podcast today, man. Thank you, Owen. I really appreciate it. Owen Conflenti, one of the best news anchors on TikTok. Go follow him. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week as I sit down with Victoria Alexander, an equity and justice educator who has gone viral a few times over for her videos that touch on subjects like economic justice, voting rights, and the role that racism still strongly plays in everyday American life. We had an engaging conversation about how she uses TikTok to shed light on social justice issues and how she feels the app treats creators of color. But then people will just say, well, people, I think I think the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction. I think it's hard to be a white person now. And I'll typically say, where are you underrepresented? Like, where are you feeling marginalized? Thank you for listening to Stitch Disc with Corey Bradford. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next week.